If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a motivational and inspirational speaker. Jim Johnson is first and foremost a high school basketball coach, but a few inspiring moments on an evening in 2006 has led to a secondary career as a motivational speaker with a team-building message that resonates with business and civic organizations around the country. His kind-hearted gesture of giving an autistic student now affectionately known as J-Mac, on his team, the chance to make his dream come true captivated the hearts of millions of Americans. With the help of his teammates, J-Mac scored 20 points in just over four minutes, becoming an instant national celebrity. J-Mac's magical moment won the Best Sports Moment Award at ESPN's award ceremony later that year and has also inspired NBA legend Magic Johnson to visit the school. Following that memorable evening, Jim was named Coach of the Year by several local area organizations and was also presented with a National Sportsmanship Award. He's been featured in major news outlets around the country making a number of radio and television appearances, including the Oprah Winfrey and Jim Rome shows. He's the author of the best-selling book, A Coach and a Miracle. He's also one of my favorite National Speaker Association colleagues. So, Jim, what a pleasure it is to welcome you to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. My pleasure, Susan. It's uh, great to be with you. So, Jim, little did you know that a small gesture of kindness would open up a whole new world of opportunities. And you've probably told this story a hundred, if not thousands of times. But can you briefly take us through what happened on that special night in 2006 that completely changed your life? I had a young man, Jason McElwain, uh, that the world now knows as J-Mac, and he's his autistic and learning disabled. And what happened is he tried out for our basketball team three consecutive years and didn't make it, but he was so into basketball and was so passionate. He was our team manager. But his senior year, when he came out and didn't make the team, I told him that because he was so loyal and committed to our program, I wanted to give him a gift. And the gift was I was going to put him in uniform for our final home game, which we call senior night, and hopefully get him in the game. With just over four minutes left in that game, I decided the time is right. I put him in. He nearly ran the court. He was so excited. And then I was taken back in a positive way, but certainly a heartwarming way when I saw the student body that was in the stands give him a standing ovation. But what Jason and I didn't know is one of our parents had made these placards of Jason's face and they showed him when he came in. I'm normally a macho guy when I coach, but I wasn't that night. I sat down when I saw those placards and started to cry. I was so touched. Well, the game begins 
And the first time Jason touches the ball in a varsity basketball game, he lets a three-pointer go from the right corner. It misses by like six feet. And I know you're not supposed to pray in the public schools, but I was praying hard. Please, God, please help him just get one basket. Well, the second possession, he missed a much shorter shot, but it hit the rim this time. So I'm thinking, all right, we're getting closer. And then his third possession, he made a three-pointer. And I thought, oh, my gosh, God must be a basketball fan. Not only has Jason scored, he's got a three-pointer. I can't get any better than this, right? Well, wrong. For the next three minutes, Jason turned into his boyhood idol, Kobe Bryant, and he started making shot after shot. And when the smoke had cleared, he made a shot at the buzzer, a long three-pointer, and the place erupted. And I felt like I was in the movie Rudy because I saw all the players and spectators run on the floor and they put Jason up on his shoulders and when the smoke had cleared, our public address announcer came out and said, the leading scorer for the Trojans tonight, J-Mac, with 20 points. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, he played the whole game. He scored 160 points. He, it was just – and it was a moment in my career that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. It was just such an amazing thing that happened and see how everybody supported this young man. Touches my heart still to this day and always will. That's a, such an incredible story and, and, and so moving. And I know I've heard you tell this several times. And each time you tell it, you know, the same thing is I also have that feeling of, oh, my goodness, it would have been wonderful to be a fly on the wall there. So, Jim, from there, you decided to write a book. What was the impetus to write that book? And then what have you learned from actually writing the book? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Take us through that. Initially, it launched me into a speaking career. So I started to speak, and I started to like that. And then I actually joined the National Speakers Association because somebody in one of my audience said, you should join the National Speakers Association. Of course, I didn't know anything about what that was. And when I joined, it helped me immensely. And I started to learn from other speakers that happen to be authors. And I, uh, you know, and I had various people in my community say, you got to write a book about this. And I was like, you know, so I started thinking and ironically, I had a couple people ask if they would could co-author. And I ended up choosing a gentleman that I went to school with uh, that was a newspaper writer and him and I, and ironically, he had two sons who were on the autism spectrum. So the J-Mac story touched him deeply. So uh, we started on our journey. And I will say this, for first-time authors like myself, we did very quickly, we tried to get a, a regular publishing deal because the story was so big. But I will forewarn that I think doing a book, self-published, is nothing wrong with it. And a lot of people are doing it. And, and in most cases, it's a better way because it's a very big struggle. We did get an agent and we thought we were golden and we still did not get a big publishing deal. We ended up I'm not going to get into the story, but we had a small publisher end up doing the, the book for us. The things I learned is that I thought because the story is so uh, good in the fact that I really believe our book is an outstanding product. Uh, you know, it's written as a life lesson. So it's evergreen, despite the fact that it is based on the story that I was part of, is that the huge error that I made is I didn't realize uh, and I'm kidding with people because I've had people approach me about wanting to write their own book. And I truly believe we all have their own story and, and writing a book is a nice thing. But I'll ask them, you know, do you have a marketing plan? And most of them look at me like I have two heads. 
and then I usually get something like, well, I don't really care if the book sells. And I'm like, are you sure? Because usually you write a book you'd like to have. I'd rather have it sell as opposed to that sell. One of the huge things is as simple as it is, is start to figure out as you write a book. My first recommendation is whether you have a co-author, you do it by yourself, is that you put a plan together as far as the format of the book, an outline of the book of what you want to do. Then secondly is how are you going to sell this book? And, you know, what's your audience? Uh, For me, I mean, you know, it's an inspirational life lessons book. So, you know, a lot of people can use it, but I think you really got to narrow down and start with a smaller market. You know, uh, maybe you want to do it in my case to the coaching market in the athlete market. Could be other uh, things. You know, if you're writing a book on how you can improve your life as a senior citizen, obviously your market's going to be a senior citizen and maybe, you know, uh, sons and daughters of senior citizens. Uh, so start to think about how you can narrow your market down and really hit that hard. Then the other thing is, uh, you know, these are all things I learned. You know, when I came out with my book in 2011, I did not really have a list or what some people call a herd or a following. And that's something you really got to think about is how can you establish a following? And hopefully you're already doing that in whatever your business, you know, that you have friends, family and people that follow you for whatever, you know, you're an expert in. And, but really start to reach out to the, your contacts. A few things. One is uh, you certainly want to get some people that will give you testimonials for your book. Now, if you've got people that are famous in the world, yes, that can be helpful. But you know what? I will say I've got some pretty famous people that gave me testimonials on my book. The other thing is the huge thing is can you get some people that may, maybe have a big list or a big following? They will help support you in your endeavor. You know, they'll, maybe they'll send an email to their list, of your, you know, your book. The other thing is you really should organize of how you're going to launch the book and then build it up, contacting your list, trying to spread your list. Maybe you can get a sponsor. That's a whole different ballgame I'm not going to delve into in this talk. But it really is start to figure out on how you can start to reach out and build a a launch date so that people are aware. And then when you do a launch date, a couple things think about is the launch date something like my book was based on a basketball story. So maybe a good launch date for me would have been at the start of the basketball season or during the March Madness, the NCAA tournament. Those would just be a couple examples of you know when my book might have been a good idea to come out at that time because it has some significance along with what the story is about. That's what you got to figure out in your book is, you know, when it would be a good time to bring it out in accordance of what you wrote about. And then you can start giving bonuses like, you know, if you buy my book in the next two weeks, maybe we'll give you free shipping or I'll give you a free report or could be buy two for the price of one. I mean, there's a lot of different ideas that you can motivate people to buy the book in a certain period of time, because that is a way I wish I would have learned this earlier. It's a way that you could become like an Amazon bestseller or, or something by if you have a uh, launch date, you know, when you have a short period of time, 
you know, and a lot of people buy your book at that certain time that that will raise your score in like Amazon or some other area that you may be wanting to try to do that. So but the huge thing is there's a lot that goes into marketing your book, but you really got to start thinking about who can assist me and do that and how can you provide value to them so they're willing to assist you you know i mean certainly if it's your mom and dad they're probably willing to do it but if there are people that are maybe following you on your list you've got to have some incentive of why they would help you you've also brought out a 10-year anniversary edition of the book so that sort of tells me that this book has longevity but what was the impetus for actually doing that Again, I wanted to create a little bit of a splash and we did get some media attention because, you know, the story was very big. And when we did a a 10 year anniversary, we based it around a a big fundraiser that we did for autism, uh, which is a whole nother topic we might get a little bit into. So it was a way that I could bring out an updated copy of, of what was happening, you know, with myself and Jason since that event. We added some new pictures because we retired Jason's number. We put it in paperback. It was a little bit cheaper that way. But it was a, another way that we could ignite some excitement and that kind of thing. And because the book was written as a life lessons book, it was evergreen. So the fact that the story is obviously older, people could still gain a lot from doing that. I think for my profession, and certainly there's a lot of professions, by having a book and then updating it, it really gives you some credibility. I know as a speaker, it's a real good credibility piece. I call it a big business card to have a book. You can use in various ways. Not only do you want to sell it, you can sell it in the back of the room, but there's also a way that you can connect with people. You, you might give them a complimentary book or a thank you. Or, so there's a lot of different ways you can use the book to enhance what you're doing besides just selling it. So it's a natural fit for you to support fundraising for autism. But how's that helped your career And then what recommendations uh, would you have for our listeners maybe to team up with a nonprofit organization? The number one thing is it's just the right thing to do is that, you know, I think all of us should figure out an area or an organization that you can support. And certainly you can do multiple things because Jason was autistic and, you know, I'm so close to him. It was a natural fit to work with autism organization. And I support a local autism called Autism Up in Rochester. That there was a group of mothers that had all young children that were on the autism spectrum. And Jason and I love them, love the organization. It was a way, you know, you can recognize it. And, you know, I think it's a win-win because it gives you some publicity because you're doing a good thing. But I think the bottom line is just good for your heart. You know, it's a way that you can give back to people and a simple thing, but we sometimes forget, you know, there's the best way to do things in the world. You know, if you want something coming back to you, it starts with you giving first and giving value to others. How about mistakes that you've made along the way in this sort of 10 year plus journey in your speaking career? Given the chance, so what would you do differently? And I'll give you two points that jump out right in. Number one is that there was a number of talks over the last decade, especially in my first five years when I was, you know, teaching, coaching, and speaking. So I was just speaking part time, but I started to get better at it. And I really fell in love and became very passionate about it. But I had no thought process of 
wow, I just went out and, and did a really good job for, you know, a school or a business or, a, you know, association, whatever I spoke for. And yet I really had no process of following up. And now I, I'm much better at that. I always send a, th- a gift card and a thank you note. I always have a follow-up call with the client, try to provide value after my talk. And, you know, whether it's sending my newsletter or maybe doing a video for them, and there's a lot of different ways you do that. And then, you know, getting them so you can stay connected with them because you never know down the road. So that was a really big mistake that I did. I mean, for example, I spoke to Franklin Covey and I got a standing ovation for like two minutes at the end. And I just didn't do a good job. Uh, You know, I still stay in touch with them a little bit. But, you know, it was back when I was doing all those things. And I know it's an excuse, but something I really learned. And then the second thing is, if you're doing speaking like any profession, is you got to be consistently getting a plan on how you're going to market yourself. You know, I know social media has gotten really big. I laugh because, you know, five years ago when people said, uh, you know, Jim, you got to get on Twitter, you got to get on Facebook. And I'm like, I I really don't want to. Well, I really clarified my mind. If I'm going to be a speaker, I have to be on social media. And now I, you know, I've learned a lot about it. And so you really have to study about your profession and what are some significant ways that you can consistently market yourself. You just have to keep your name out there and, you know, and people are aware that you can add value to them. But those are a couple of the big things is I just didn't have any follow-up system at first. And then number two was then really starting me, you know, because the story is now over 10 years old. So you got to be constantly. And I really believe when, you know, I work with people that they know I'm more than just, you know, putting a young man into a game. There's a lot of things that I can offer people because of my success as a leader. People often aren't aware of that. They might have heard of the story, but they don't know more. So that's why the marketing piece is really important that you're consistent and staying with that day in and day out. So for you, you talk about marketing your speaking business. What are some of the major things that you do currently to market your speaking? Again, I think it's starting to build a list. So I've I've done a better job with that. So every place that I go, I always try to get people to sign up for my newsletter. So I, I have over 600 subscribers, which isn't, you know, huge, but it's definitely a start. And I, you know, I have a little team of people, so we're building a list. Uh, but some of the things I do is I do a monthly newsletter. So I'm staying in touch that way. Number two is that also on people that are not part of my monthly newsletter, but are on one of my other lists, I will often connect with them by sending my newsletter. It's a nice way to stay connected with them. I do a weekly blog, uh, and that's another way that I will, you know, not only get out to my social media, also that I will connect with people by sending a blog that might be pertinent. Another thing is just trying to find different ways that you can stay connected to the people that are, uh, you know, in your herd or list or whatever you want to call it, you know, whether it's uh, sending them an article that might be a positive thing for them or and things like that are built in. Now, I know I did this with my basketball program, but now, you know, if, if I have friends on LinkedIn or Facebook, you know, they, they tell you when it's their birthday. Well, wish them a happy birthday. Stay connected with them, you know. Show that you care about them. That'll come back to you. The main thing is you have to be consistent with the things you do. Uh, Like another thing I do, I'm an avid reader. Here we're talking about books. I read over a thousand books in my life. I do a weekly book recommendation every Wednesday. It goes out on all my social media. 
So, Jim, what else would you recommend with regard to book marketing? I think the the huge thing with the book marketing is that when you, you know once you get a launch date and you you know you bring the book out, then the next thing is part of that process of launch date is you should be reaching out to local and and sometimes like you know my story was a global story that I was blessed to be part of. So I try to reach out to some national TV uh, organizations and. When you do that, like especially at least start with your local, it might be sending uh, the local newspaper a, a copy of the book, you know, and, and maybe they'll do an article. Where they, that was one of the things we did. We sent a lot of the radio stations a copy of the book and shared that it's going to be coming out there. If you'd like to have coach on your radio show, I ended up going on a, a quite a few different shows now in both for speaking and as an author. There's a lot of blog shows that are, it's great to be on. You know, a lot of people are doing these blog radio shows where they have a big following. And I still do a decent amount of those throughout the year, you know, promoting my speaking and trying to share ideas to add value uh, to the audience of that particular blog radio. You know, certainly getting on uh, TV. And the only other thing is, I think it's hugely important that you understand, you know, what is your budget? Some people have a very big budget to market their book. Some do not. And so you got to be creative if you don't have a lot of money. I know when I brought my book out, I didn't have a, you know, a big budget. So I had to be very creative and frugal with what I spent my money on. But, uh, you know, those are things that you have to figure out. And then it's just consistently in a positive way, keeping, for example, like in my case, I was a speaker, you know, you might be a salesperson. Well, when you, if you come out with a book, you know, send people that you worked with a, a complimentary copy of your book, just ways that you can connect people with using your book and it's helps as a marketing tool as well. So I know that you're a local celebrity. So many of our listeners sort of avoid or even forget the fact that Local publicity is dynamite. What would you have to say on that? Oh, I think it's hugely important. And I I think it's really important that you stay connected to your local media. I mean, I have cell phones of local media and I will stay in touch with them. Uh, You know, a lot of them I've connected with on social media. You know, if I see it's their birthday, if I have their actual phone number, I'll text them a happy birthday. So I think it's really important. It's like, anything in the world, but is build a relationship with those people. And then, you know, just don't go on their show and then, you know, forget about them. I, I think that's a huge thing is, you know, stay connected to them, try to figure out different ways that you can stay and be able to add value to them because then they'll reach out to you for other cases. You know, if you're an expert in certain areas and you stay connected with them, your name's going to rise to the top if they need you for a show or for an article in a magazine or, you know, newspaper or whatever it happens to be. I think that point is dynamite because you're absolutely right, because they are always looking for experts who they can call on at a moment's notice. And if they have you as top of mind, hey, you're the one they're going to call. So talking about contacting, Jim, how can our listeners contact you, find out more about how to get a copy of the book, find out more about your particular services, your speaking? Share that with us, please. The best is to connect with me on my website. It's uh, coachjimjohnson.com. So just that way I wouldn't forget it, coachjimjohnson.com. I do have a, a lady, her name is Kate Holgate. That's uh, my manager. And 
between Kate and myself, we'd be glad to support you, uh, whether it would be a copy of the book or if you'd like to bring me in for speaking or, you know, be part of a show for you or whatever. You know, we like to try to help people in many various ways. So we'd love to stay connected to your followers. Fantastic. And if you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget, what would that be, Jim? I'll say two things. I think one is that I really learned this so much. It's been part of my life, but JMAC really reinforced, and that's the power of perseverance, that it's a challenge every day to have success in your life. And the people that I, I've studied, a lot of successful people, and that's the thing that keeps coming back to me. In fact, I just read a book called Grit by Angela Duckworth, and it talks really about finding a passion in your life and how to persevere and stay with it. So I, I think that's the huge thing. And then the second tip is that I think you really should always be trying to give more than you try to get. And if you develop that philosophy that I'm going to always try to create and add value to people, that's a pretty great way to go around life. And not with any, you know, the late great John Wooden said, uh, one of my favorite quotes from him is that you cannot live a perfect day without doing something for somebody else, without expecting anything in return. And I think it's a pretty great philosophy to adopt. It's a wonderful philosophy to adopt. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparked some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded. So visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week.